We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Twenty minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Fun episode lined up for you today. I'm going to go over my first, my very first 53-man roster prediction for the year. It's always fun. I know it's way too early to, to you know, sort of put the tea leaves together and say who's ultimately going to make the 53, but it's still fun to sort of take a look after Packers rookie minicamp and the draft to see what could this Packers roster look like as they head into the regular season going into September, which is sooner rather than later. We're not that far away, right? About four months away, which seems crazy to say, but I promise you it'll be here before we know it. So we'll go through that in just a moment. But before we get there, Sunday had some pretty big news. Bill Huber reported that Mercedes Lewis will not be returning to Green Bay in 2023. Obviously, I just did an episode not too long ago, I think it was last week, about, hey, if there's one veteran that Green Bay should go out and sign or re-sign, 
I would have done Mercedes Lewis. That's the guy that I would have brought in. Yes, this team is building towards the future and they're going young and they just had 13 draft picks and a lot of undrafted free agent guys. And they are going to build this team for the future. They have four players over the age of 28. So all of it makes sense. I get it. I'm not mad at it. I'm not upset by it. This is absolutely what Green Bay should be doing is going young and building towards those future years. But if there was one player that I thought could help in that transition, could help those young tight ends, you know, in Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave, I thought Mercedes Lewis just made a ton of sense for a variety of different reasons. And I went all you know, through every reason last week, so I'm not going to, you know, rehash them here. But the, the ultimate end all is that Mercedes Lewis will not be with the team in 2023 per Bill Huber. And that is going to give a potential, you know, lot of playing time to Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, Josiah DeGuara. We'll see if anyone else, Tyler Davis, Austin Allen can get in that conversation as well. But it also leaves a pretty gaping hole in that blocking tight end role. Maybe Tucker Craft can come along sooner rather than later as a blocker. Or maybe they're just going to give him those reps and say, hey, do what you will with it. We need you to develop. And, you know, the only way you're going to develop is by playing. So maybe that's the case. Maybe they use a sixth offensive lineman, which is what they did when Mercedes was injured. And they used Rick Wagner in that role uh, back in 2020, I think that was. So, uh, you know, maybe you will see a whoever loses out on the, you know, sixth offense or, you know, who's ever the last uh, starter, whether it's Yash Nyman or Zach Tom, the loser of that battle, maybe is the sixth, you know, offensive lineman in some of those situations. Maybe they bring in big Caleb Jones, 350, 360 pound Caleb Jones to be a sixth offensive lineman in some of those obvious running situations or as an extra pass protector, whatever it may be. That would be a pretty fun use of a massive mammoth human being as an extra blocker on the line. So they've got some options. My guess is they'll probably just go with their rookies and Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave with a little bit of Josiah DeGuara sprinkled in, maybe a little bit of Tyler Davis and, you know, let those guys play it out and see what they can do. But this is going to be a very interesting, you know, move for Green Bay and the fact that they don't have that pure blocking tight end. So we'll see how Matt LaFleur counters that. And like I said, maybe you go six offensive linemen, maybe he just lets the rookies play it out, but that will definitely be a change. And this is just another player from you know the over 28 group that is no longer on this roster. And this is a player that had a ton of respect in the Packers locker room. Just a couple days ago, Keyshawn Nixon and Razul Douglas were adamantly you know saying that they wanted number 89 back in Green Bay. So those requests seemingly have fallen upon deaf ears and Mercedes will not be back in Green Bay. It had been reported previously by Justice Mosqueda and the Acme Packing Company that Mercedes did want to play in Green Bay in 2023. It seems like this is more of a Packers decision than it is a Mercedes. Mercedes decision, but we will ultimately see where he ends up and if he does end up playing. I know some people are saying, hey, just bring him in as a coach. You know, that's, you know, maybe down the line that's possible, but the truth is they have a tight ends coach. And the bigger truth is I think Mercedes wants to play this upcoming season. So I would expect them. I know a lot of people are expecting Jets uh, per Acme Packing and Justice Mosqueda. One of the things that Lewis didn't want was to play in New York based on the taxes that were there. So, you know, we'll see if he ends up somewhere else, but that will be a player worth keeping an eye on. And I'll just say really quickly here that this is one of my favorite players to watch every Sunday. And more importantly, when I was doing my grading the packs and going through and watching the All-22, this is the guy that I couldn't stop watching and just plays on tape that he blocked at times as good and sometimes better than the offensive lineman, you know, even as a tight end. It was so fun to watch. He was an absolute master of his craft. And I've talked about before the Bakhtiaris and the Devontae Adams and Jair as a cover corner and those sort of things where, you know, Charles Woodson's, Aaron Rodgers, these guys just become masters of their craft. And you can tell they put every you know ounce of their being into being the best that they can be 
be at that specific skill. And that's how Mercedes was as a blocking tight end. In my opinion, the best blocking tight end that I've ever seen play, um, that I've ever broken down tape for. He's just a master technician and somebody that I'm going to very much miss watching on my all 22 breakdowns and more importantly on Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays, Saturdays, whenever they're playing as a member of the Green Bay Packers. So Mercedes will not be back. Um, Should they have brought him back? I don't know. Like I said, I'm more than okay with them going young and building towards the future. But if there had been a veteran that I would have brought back, as I mentioned, that definitely would have been Mercedes. And then of course, you know, when he did not come back, I posted or, you know, something of the fact of, you know, this is a team that's building towards the future. And Keyshawn Nixon didn't like that too much. He retweeted or quote tweeted me and said, you know, something to the effect of, you know, of course we're playing for 2023 and then had another tweet of like, basically get all that, you know, rebuilding BS off my timeline, et cetera, et cetera. And I've said on here before, and I'll just say it again. And I sort of, I, I posted on Twitter as well. Every coach and every player should 1 million percent be trying to win the Super Bowl this season doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen, but that's the mentality that I want them to have. Like unquestionably, that's their job is to go out and try to win Super Bowls. So I love that from Keisha. No questions asked. Yeah, absolutely. Don't mess with that BS. Don't put it on your timeline. Go out and try to win. Like if, hey, if that's extra motivation for you, uh, by all means, nothing would make me happier than if you guys went out and won a Super Bowl. So I'm a million percent cool with that. But as I've said before, players, coaches trying to win a Super Bowl, the GM this season, clearly not trying to win a Super Bowl, nor should he be. This is Jordan Love's first year as a starter. This is a team that needs to get fiscally responsible. This is a team that's going to have 13 rookies that probably all make the 53-man roster, maybe an undrafted guy or two, a ton of players from last year's draft and undrafted class that are going to make this roster. As I mentioned, only four guys over the age of 28. They've moved on from multiple veterans this offseason. Yeah, it's just, we can call it whatever you want to call it. I don't care if you want to call it a rebuild, a reorg, a restructure, a reboot, a reload, whatever. I don't care what you want to call it, but there has not been one single move, not one single move that Green Bay has made this offseason that was for 2023. The one you could maybe actually make some small argument for would be the Keyshawn Nixon re-signing on a one-year deal. I still believe that that was more of a stopgap so that they have them under contract this year and can work out a longer term deal as time goes on. I think the thing that made Nixon's contract hard was specifically that he had one really good season and that was as a returner. And how much do you want to pay a returner? He had a pretty decent year as a corner. It sounds like they're going to you know, pay, play him more at nickel this year. So I think that means that Keyshawn will probably get more money this next year. I think the Packers wanted to see him play out this year. Can he repeat the returnability? Can he add more value as a corner? So the one-year deal sort of made sense. And I think that's still in an effort to make him a Packer long-term, but the long-term deal just, I think, you know, provided, you know, ended up being hard for both sides because of the value for Keyshawn. So overall, that's the one move that you could maybe argue was for 2023. In my opinion, every other move that has been made and even Keyshawn's in my opinion were for future years. It's building towards that next open window. And that's what Brian Gutekinds in the front office, 1 million percent should be doing. And they've done a good job on it. And this is a team, like, as I mentioned, they could win, you know, finish first and win the NFC North. Wouldn't be shocked one bit. They could finish last. Wouldn't be shocked one bit. Whatever it is, I'm super excited about it. I think Goody's done a good job of rebuilding this roster, you know, but doing it in a fashion that they're still going to be competitive in a lot of games. And they have a, a lot, a lot of young, exciting talent. So, 
call it what you will. It doesn't really matter to me. I hope the players and the coaches want to go out and win a Super Bowl this year. And I hope the GM is understanding that this is not the year to go all in and add a bunch of one-year players to try to win this upcoming season. And it seems like everyone is on the perfect wavelength that the GM is not going all in and trying to do a bunch of crazy one-year stuff on a year you're not trying to win right now. And it seems like the players and coaches are very much trying to win right now. So everything is going exactly as it should be according to plan. And that's that's exactly what you want to see as a Packer fan. So I'm good with everything. Would have liked to have seen Mercedes back. We'll definitely miss him, but it is what it is. We will move on upwards and onwards. And uh, I hope nothing but the best for Mercedes. I hope he lands in a good spot and has the opportunity to go out and win a lot of games this upcoming season, because he certainly puts the time, effort and energy in and was nothing but the consummate Green Bay Packer carried the G day in and day out. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. All right, that gets us to our main topic for today, which is my way, 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 way too early 53-man roster prediction. But these are always fun, and it's just kind of cool to take a look at what this could look like come, come September. Obviously, a couple of these are, you know, going to ultimately be wrong. There's going to be some undrafted guys that step up or an injury or two that changes the calculus entirely. A couple guys like Rashawn Gary and Eric Stokes and their returns from injury and when that might happen could potentially change this as well. But this is my best guess as of today. And it just kind of gives us a overall wide view of what this potential roster could look like. So I'm going to start at quarterback and we'll go right through special teams. I'm even going to go over a 16, actually 17 man practice 
practice squad prediction. So let's go through all of it. I'm going to start at quarterback. This might actually be one of the toughest positions because I'm still torn as to what they actually think they have in Sean Clifford and in Danny Etling. Are they going to bring in a veteran? Do they feel better about Etling than we know? You know, did they feel so confident in Sean Clifford being a backup? Is that's why they had to move, you know, not move up, but, you know, take him aggressively in the fifth round? I think that's going to be the interesting one. I think this is probably a team that would like a veteran backup, but doesn't have money to spend. And I think they might just go with a Sean Clifford. I think that ultimately could be the case. I'm going to say they keep three quarterbacks. I'm going to say they keep Jordan Love, obviously, as a starter, a veteran as a backup, and Sean Clifford as the number three. I'm going to say Nick Foles here. This is a name that I think could make some sense. I don't think Nick Foles is going to break the bank. I think you could maybe get him on a one-year, $2 million deal with some maybe incentives baked in if he ends up going out and playing well on a season or something like that. So I think that could make sense for both sides. I don't know that anyone's banging down the door for Nick Foles anymore as like this priority backup quarterback. I think he's had his opportunities. Indianapolis, he got some opportunities last year, just didn't look very good. Like the, It seems like the end is near probably for Nick Foles. At the same token, Foles has been a quarterback that's seen everything, that's played in the division, that has won a Super Bowl, that has literally, like I said, seen everything there is to see at the quarterback position. And I think having that specific guy in a room with Jordan Love, who's a first-year starter, could certainly help Jordan out. It could help Sean Clifford out. And I think just that one-year, $2 million investment to sort of round out your quarterback room and give Jordan a little bit of that veteran leadership in that room, I think could make some sense. Could it be a different name? Could it be a Matt Ryan? Could it be a Carson Wentz? Could it be a Joe Flacco? Could it be somebody else? Sure. I think that's absolutely within the realm of possibility. But as of right now, I'm going to say Nick Foles, recently released by the Colts, and it could be any veteran QB. Or like I said, they could just go with Sean Clifford as the number two, and that's that. They may go into OTAs and mini camps first to see what Clifford and um, you know Danny Etling provide at the quarterback position. But for right now, I'm going to say Love. I'll say Nick Foles and Sean Clifford are the three QB. At running back, I think this is going to be fairly easy. I'm going to say Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, and Lou Nichols. We know that Goody does not like cutting his draft picks, especially in the year that they were drafted. So I'm going to lean you know, towards Lou Nichols here as the number three. Do I think Tyler Goodson could get his name in the conversation? One million percent. Do I think Patrick Taylor could still be in that conversation? Absolutely. So I don't think that that's like just this foregone conclusion. I think there's going to be a very fun battle for that number three running back spot. But I think Green Bay is probably going to feel like if they release Patrick Taylor or Tyler Goodson, that they can get those guys back on the practice squad if they want. And they're going to want to probably hedge towards keeping their seventh round draft pick and maybe feel like there would be a better chance that he could get claimed, especially after releasing Goodson and Taylor in the past and seeing that both of those players cleared waivers. So that will be my guess, Jones, Dylan, and Lou Nichols as the three running backs. I'm going to go with six wide receivers, and you already know the names. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Samori Toure, and Grant DuBose. The six drafted you know, wide receivers over the past two seasons, Watson, Dobbs, and, and uh, Toure last year, Reed, Wicks, and DuBose this year. Maybe a Bo Melton can get in the conversation. Maybe one of the six just does not look good at all. Maybe Wicks or DuBose, you know, just don't cut it. Maybe Samori Toure, even though they bring him up every single freaking day in their press conferences, maybe he has a back camp. I don't know. But I, I would be willing to bet you Watson, Dobbs, Reed, and Toure are locks. I don't think Wicks is going anywhere. And then that would leave maybe DuBose versus a Bo Melton. And once again, we know that Brian does not like cutting his, his rookies. So I'm going to say DuBose ends up making it as the number six wide receiver as well. 
Tight end, I'm going to say they keep four. Tucker Craft, Luke Musgrave, Josiah DeGuara, and Tyler Davis. And yes, I have Craft one because I think he's going to be their tight end one. I think Luke Musgrave is going to be weapon one at tight end. I think they're going to use him in a variety of different ways. DeGuara will be that H-back fullback. And yes, I know a lot of people probably won't be happy with it, but I do think Tyler Davis gets another season as well. I think they're just going to rotate those guys a lot and use them in a variety of different ways. You know, DeGuara, actually all four of those guys can be kind of moved around a little bit and all four of them could be in the backfield. All four of them could line up wide. All four of them could line up as a tight end. So I think there's going to be some fun versatility there. I think they'll use a lot of two tight end sets this year, at least in theory, Luke Musgrave might be used as like a more of a big wide receiver, but I think we're going to see him on the field a lot. But ultimately, I think those are the four tight ends. And look for an expanded role for Josiah DeGuara. As I've mentioned in the past, it does seem like Jordan Love and Josiah DeGuara have a little bit of a connection. Wouldn't be shocked if we see more of DeGuara in the post Aaron Rodgers era. I'm going to say that they ultimately keep 11, 11 offensive linemen, just because I don't know that they're going to cut any of these guys. It's going to be a really fun offseason for that. David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, John Runyon Jr., Zach Tom, Yash Nyman, Royce Newman, Sean Ryan, Rashid Walker, Caleb Jones, and Luke Tenuta. I don't think that they redshirted Rashid Walker and Caleb Jones last year just to cut them this year. Luke Tenuta was actually ahead of both of those players by the end of last year. He was a rookie in, I think, the sixth round last year that ended up released that they claimed off of waivers. Sean Ryan was a third round pick. I don't think they're going to give up on him quite yet. If there was one released here, Royce Newman might potentially be in the conversation. I just don't think he's progressed the, you know, the way that they were hoping, but he has starting experience. He was a fourth round pick. My guess is they give him just a little bit more time to see if he can kind of put it together. But I'm going to say all 11 of those offensive linemen end up making it. So a lot of players on offense, what is that? 15, 21, 24, 27 on offense. If you're thinking of it logically, you would put 25 on offense, 25 on defense and three on special teams, right? So it kind of evens out. But I'm going to end up in this case going with 27 on offense, which is going to lessen my defensive roster a little bit. But with practice squad call-ups available, that stuff is much less um, noticeable or much less important than what it used to be because you can bring guys up if you you know need to add a couple guys on defense for your active roster on game days. All right, defensive linemen, I'm going with five, Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, Devontae Wyatt, Carl Brooks, and Colby Wooden. I think those are the five guys that are going to be part of that rotation. Maybe Jonathan Ford, the seventh round pick from a season ago, gets his name in that conversation as well. But for right now, I'm going to go with the, you know, the three returning players, basically, in Wyatt, Slayton, and Clark, and the two rookies in Carl Brooks and Colby Wooden. Edge, I'm going to go Preston Smith, Lucas Van Ness, Kingsley and Igbari, and Brenton Cox. I'm going to put Rashawn Gary on the pup list. Remember, they only need to miss the first four games of the season on the pup list now, and I very much expect Green Bay to be very cautious with their players, including Rashawn Gary and Eric Stokes, who I'm also going to put on the pup list. We'll go over corner in just a moment, but I'm going to put Gary and Stokes on the pup to start the season. Just let them get healed. Don't rush them back. There's no reason to. And then when they're ready, bring them back. But I say both of those players start on the pup list. But Edge, Preston Smith, Lucas Van Ness, Kingsley, Igbari and Brenton Cox. Linebacker, four as well, Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker, Isaiah McDuffie, and Tariq Carpenter. If you didn't catch it last week, um, Tariq Carpenter apparently has moved to the linebacker position from safety. And I think his special teams prowess with that move from sort of safety to hybrid linebacker, I think he's going to get the nod there. Could go Eric Wilson as well. Phenomenal special teams player. More expect Wilson to be on the practice squad with maybe him getting called up on game days. Corner, I'm going to say uh, five players, Jair Alexander, Razul Douglas, Keyshawn Nixon, Carrington Valentine, and Corey Ballantyne. So five corners, Eric Stokes on the pup list, and I think they're going to keep a variety of, of corners on the um, uh, practice squad as well so that they can call those up if need be, maybe bring up a sixth guy. 
And I'm going to go five safeties, Darnell Savage, Rudy Ford, Anthony Johnson, Ennis Gaines, and Tarvarius Moore. And one of the reasons I felt more comfortable only keeping five corners is remember Darnell Savage played in the slot a season ago, as did Ennis Gaines at the end of last year. Last two games, he played significant snaps in the slot for Green Bay as a slot corner. So you have two safeties that can play corner. I think Anthony Johnson Jr. could also play, you know, some star slash nickel in a pinch as well. So that's going to give them some versatility, which allows them to probably, you know, maybe only go with with five corners, um, even though they, they've got probably two or three more guys that can play corner at the safety position as well. So that's what I went with there. But again, the five safeties, Savage, Ford, Anthony Johnson Jr., Ennis Gaines, and Tarverius Moore. The three specialists, Anders Carlson, Pat O'Donnell, and Matt Orzik. The two players on the pup list, Rashawn Gary and Eric Stokes. My practice squad is Danny Etling, Tyler Goodson, Bo Melton, Deuce Watts, Austin Allen, Cameron McDonald, Kadeem Telfort, Gene DeLance, Jonathan Ford, Justin Hollins, Eric Wilson, Benji Franklin, Shamarjan Charles, Keandre Thomas, Dallin Levitt, and Benny Sapp. Benny Sapp already my undrafted free agent crush, a guy I'm going to be keeping a very close eye on. think you could make things interesting at the safety position as well. And then the one international practice squad player, Kenneth Odomegwu. Now, Odomegwu does not have to make the practice squad, but they get an additional practice squad slot if they want him. They have to pay him the full practice squad salary. So it's not like just this given decision. The guy's basically never played football before, but it gives you an additional practice player, which teams very much value. And he is a pretty freak athlete that is coming from a basketball background. My guess is they keep him around for a season, if nothing else, as a, you know, additional practice squad player that they can use in, you know, all of their practices, but all of their, you know, their um, jog throughs and he can be on the scout team. He can do a variety of different things. So my guess is they keep him for the season and see what he can become. And maybe, just maybe, um, he can ultimately become something down the line. I do know that of all the international players, Otomegwu was one of the most sought after ones and Green Bay was lucky to get him in that, you know, sort of international, wasn't really a draft, but like the assignments, if you will, I think they actually got one of the best ones. So that is going to be my 53-man roster plus practice squad for Green Bay. Running through it one more time. Jordan Love, some veteran backup. I'll go Nick Foles, Sean Clifford at running back, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, and uh, Lou Nichols. Wide receiver, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Samari Touri, and Grant DuBose. At tight end, Tucker Craft, Luke Musgrave, Josiah Deguara, and Tyler Davis. Offensive line, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Josh Myers, John Running Jr., Zach Tom, Yash Nyman, Royce Newman, Sean Ryan, Rashid Walker, Caleb Jones, and Luke Tenuta. Defensive line, Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, Devontae Wyatt, Carl Brooks, and Colby Wooden. Edge, Preston Smith, Lucas Van Ness, Kingsley Nigbari, and Brenton Cox. Linebacker, Campbell, Quay Walker, Isaiah McDuffie, and Tariq Carpenter. Corner, Jair, Razul Douglas, Keyshawn Nixon, Carrington Valentine, and Corey Valentine. Safety, Darnell Savage, Rudy Ford, Anthony Johnson Jr., Innes Gaines, and Tarverius Moore. Kicker, Anders Carlson, punter, Pat O'Donnell, long snapper, Matt Orzek. Pup list, Rashawn Gary and Eric Stokes. International practice squad, Kenneth Odomegwu. And practice squad, Danny Etling, Tyler Goodson, Bo Melton, Deuce Watts, Austin Allen, Cameron McDonald, Kadeem Telfort, Gene DeLance, Jonathan Ford, Justin Hollins, Eric Wilson, Benji Franklin, Shamar John Charles, Keandre Thomas, Dallin Lovett, and Benny Sapp. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.